Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, as always, and giving me a little bit of your time, those of y'all that continue to share and support the podcast. Thank you so much. For those of y'all that have joined over on Patreon and are financially supporting the podcast, I'm incredibly grateful for that, humbled by your continued support and encouragement. So, hopefully it makes the day pass a little bit, whether you're doing laundry or dishes or vacuuming or changing diapers or driving to or from work or getting ready for work or closing down at the end of the day, conference period, lunch, whatever it is. Winter has come and gone again, as is typical for this part of the world. We can't decide whether we are in winter or spring or dead summer. We do have a little bit of news here on the place. I mean, we always have news, but for those of y'all that have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that about a month, two months ago, we lost our lab. She got hit on the highway and and killed which was of course a traumatic event for the girls and so just two days ago my wife came across today listening for a new little puppy dog. And so now we have a, well, maybe six week old part border collar, border collie, part German shepherd, part blue healer puppy, <laughs> which has rapidly decided that this is not the worst place in the world and now is into absolutely everything. Much to the dismay and disdain of our most recent spoiled creature, which was the kitten we got last year, who even now, as we're recording this, is sitting in the middle of a pile of brush with absolute disdain looking over at two of my girls in the hammock with the puppy. To say that she is not impressed is an understatement. <laughs> so, at any rate, I took longer to apologize, but maybe y'all will be as amused by it as I have been. So we're gonna, I've got a few odds and ends. This may be kind of a scattered podcast. Uh, I wanted to go back to the Pledge of Allegiance unto God, which we talked about recently. 
So Eisenhower in 1954 added through Congressional Act Joint Resolution 243 under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. And his comment, his quote on that was, in this way we are reaffirming the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future. In this way we shall constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons which forever will be our country's most powerful resources in peace and war. Uh, just begin to note, you know, it's nothing that we have is as powerful as our relationship to God. You know, we talk about uh, how great America has been in the past quite often. Uh, and, and, you know, you see this, you, you can see this on a local level, wherever you are across the country, you know this, you've experienced this uh, from one city to the next, one county to the next, even one part of a city to another part uh, or one state to another. The thing that makes a place great is the character of the people. America has been great not because we're smarter than others or stronger or faster in and of itself, not, not because we found some trick that nobody else knows unless you consider the relationship with God. That is what makes a place great or bad is that character that comes. And again, it just, it's so, folks, when you read, when we read as, as we do here into these historical quotes, it's so apparent that our founders knew this. John Adams, again, I think I talked about this last episode, our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. Just quote after quote after quote, comment after comment from our leaders talking about... <laughs> We cannot have this republic if we don't have a moral people, and we can't have a moral people if we don't have a people that follows the principles of Jesus Christ laid out in the Bible. And so I haven't said this for a few episodes, certainly. I said it a ton, I know, last year, but you don't have to be a Christian in order to be an America. That's where religious, an American, that's where religious freedom comes in. But we can't have this republic without people that follow the teachings of Christ. And our founders knew both those things. They knew you couldn't force somebody into faith, but they also knew if we turned away from God and Jesus Christ, we were going to lose the republic. And that's exactly what's happened today. That's literally what we're watching play out and have for decades. So after this, Eisenhower stood on the steps of the Capitol building, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance for the first time with the phrase, One Nation Under God. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Pledge of Allegiance was first written in 1892 by a Baptist minister from Boston named Francis Bellamy, uh, who was ordained in the Baptist Church of Little Falls, New York. He was a member of the staff of the Youth's Companion. Uh, magazine first published the pledge on September 8, 1892. At the dedication of the Chicago World's Fair in 1892, public school children recited the Pledge of Allegiance during the National School Celebration on the 400th anniversary of Columbus's discovery of America. A couple things here, folks. Again, uh, it's a minister. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, you hear all these people talk about America's systemic racism. 
and they put a lot of guilt on particularly white males, whites in general, males in particular. And yet the vast majority of people that fought to end slavery were white males. And then they throw in the Christian part to make it even worse. This country has been a Christian nation since its inception. Did we always follow it? No. Did that make us perfect? No. But if you're going to claim that the problems came because of whatever, you've also got to acknowledge the solutions. And so you look at the majority of people that fought to end slavery. They were, guess what? White male Christians. And I'm not downplaying the Underground Railroad or any particular aspect of it or the contributions of females or anything else. I'm I'm just simply making the point that you cannot lump people together in groups. It has to be based on character again. It has to be merit. It has to be actions. And when you talk about systemic, you've got to go back and look at our system. And our system from the Declaration said all men were created equal by God. Have we always followed that? No. But that doesn't make us systemically racist and oppressive. Quite the opposite. This makes us human. The other thing is Columbus, this association with Columbus. The idea that Columbus was this genocidal maniac. You know, every year for the last two years we've done a little two or three days, I think this year we did a whole week on Columbus. The idea that he is came over here with the express purpose of enslaving and destroying and raping and pillaging and plundering is just wholly false. When you look at his own writings, how much he suffered in his lifetime, the bravery required to set out knowing nothing, and his primary goal, as with most of our colonies, or at least a large percentage of them, being to spread Christianity. And this is, again, just another example of what happens when we lose base, lose touch with history and heritage, which is exactly what the left has wanted to do for decades and decades, all the way back to the 1920s. We talk about John Dewey often, and that's why the education piece is so important. If we're going to take back our country, if we're going to win this war, whether it's a hot war or we, we stay in this cold civil war, uh, I think it's going to turn into a real fight. But either way, the only way we're going to turn this place around is through taking back education and culture from the left, from the just godless values that have infected our educational institutions and our culture. The words under God were taken from Abraham Lincoln's famous Gettysburg Address, the line that this nation under God shall have a new birth. I told you all this was going to be kind of random, and so it is. But this relationship to God and our nation, I guess, kind of ties together there under God. General Nathaniel Green commented that the liberties of America are the object of divine protection. 
So you see that, that link there between the goal of freedom and liberty in the minds of our founders, one of our greatest generals in the revolution, the general who Washington handpicked to succeed him if he should be killed. And then Washington telling General Thomas Nelson, the hand of providence, God, has been so conspicuous in all this that he must be worse than an infidel that lacks faith and more than wicked that has not gratitude enough to acknowledge his obligations. We have these responsibilities to God. We talked about this not too long ago. If our rights come from God, then it follows that we have a responsibility to obey his commands. If we get a blessing from God, if all these rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, our bill of rights, which our founders believed came from God, were inalienable rights, then it follows that we have a responsibility to obey the commands of God. And, and these are pretty strong words here from Washington. And, and don't misunderstand, he wasn't some deist talking about uh, just a random God. When you read through his prayer journal and look at his writings, his prayer life, his personal discipline, we're going to talk about that for just a second. Uh, you see that he was talking very specifically about God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But, you know, worse than an infidel that lacks faith because of the conspicuous manner. They saw God throughout the revolution. Saw his hand there and, and Washington saying, if you don't acknowledge this, if you don't see that, you're worse than, a, than an unbeliever, than an infidel, right? And more than wicked if you don't have the gratitude to stop and truly acknowledge. You know, every... Uh, November and December, we go through these Thanksgiving proclamations, and then we go through these Christmas greetings to the nation from past presidents or Congress. And each one, somewhere in there, talks about acknowledging how important it is to acknowledge the blessings of God, really acknowledge them. And they, they stopped the whole day. You're not going to work. And it wasn't this uh, just an excuse for a barbecue or a party or a dinner. The main point was to recognize and remember this relationship with God. It's kind of like when you go to church on Sunday and you're sitting in there, which huh, I've been guilty of this, and you're sitting in there listening to the sermon thinking about, now what are we going to eat for lunch today? You're not really focused on that relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And that's what Washington was talking about. So the discipline... What I wanted to mention here, something our pastor said this weekend, talking about, you know, if you play a sport, he was talking to the, the children in the congregation, he was talking about, uh, regardless of what you're doing, you know, if you do skeet shooting, competition shooting, you do volleyball, basketball, football, baseball, softball, tennis, doesn't matter, whatever physical sport you're in, you have to practice. And you, and you have to have discipline in how you practice. There has to be a routine. You have to go there within, with purpose, with intent. And he said there's, there's no difference between that and your spiritual life. If you don't look at reading the Bible, at prayer, and I would argue you extend that to your marriage, your parenting, if you don't look at those with intent, 
if you don't put discipline in there, because there's going to be a couple of great comments, quotes I've heard recently, right? There's going to be a lot of days where you don't feel like doing what you need to do. Actually, just popped in my head, there was an interview with Michael Phelps, the Olympic, great Olympic swimmer, a few years back. And he talked about, at one point, he had been in a pool for, I don't even remember how many hundreds of days straight, every single day, without exception. And he said to the audience, he said, do you think I felt like getting in the pool all 500, 600, however many days it was in a row? No. He said, I did it because that's what I needed to do to get where I wanted to get. So if you want this great faith, you've got to have a disciplined relationship with God. If you want this great marriage, you've got to have a disciplined relationship with your spouse and loving them. You want to have children that grow up wise, productive citizens, virtuous then you've got to have discipline in how you attack. There's going to be days where you don't want to sit down at the end of the day and do wherever it is, or you don't want to get up in the morning and do whatever it is that you've got to do, and you've got to do it anyway. So I started to read. Uh, we're going to come in and look at some general orders from Washington this week. And it just, that really ties in with that comment actually earlier. Uh, we're going to look at this relationship that Washington had with God. And we may go back and read just an entry uh, or two on his, his prayer book that he made as a young man. Uh, because it shows really, uh, it kind of puts all, it puts all these deist ideas to rest and it gives you another tool for your tool bag so even if you're not that as I say so often that type A confrontational personality which I am not you know in your heart when somebody's saying that oh well they were just deists this was just a general secular society uh, you know that there's not and that's a great quote I've got to go back and find that again that we just read recently right that's the difference between pagan Rome and us today as we were set up as a Christian republic and I'll, I'll try and find that. I may be able to find it real quick, actually. You give me a second. Yeah, we have a little bit of time. Let me see if I can... Because it was a recent quote that we read. Yeah, this was from uh, Judge Nathaniel Freeman back in 1802. Real close to the founding. It's almost like maybe he knew a little bit more about the founders and the intent than we do, you know, over 200 years later. But... The left would tell you I'm wrong there. Our government originating in the voluntary compact of a people who in that very instrument profess the Christian religion. It may be considered not as a republic Rome was, a pagan, but a Christian republic. That's what we are, folks. We're a Christian republic. And we need to remember that. I'm going to end with this prayer that our pastor read in church this week. I, I just thought it might be comforting to some of us. Teach us, good Lord, to serve you as you deserve, to give and not count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor 
and not to ask for any reward except that of knowing that we do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.